BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Trader Joe's has folded under pressure and announced it will change silly ethnic brand names of products sold in its stores. Trader Joe's said it was responding to an online petition signed by 2,200 people because it didn't want to miss a chance to join in the nation's racial hysteria over absolutely nothing. Trader Joe's said it hoped that removing jokey ethnic product names would further the cause of destroying the national senses of humor and proportion in order to ensure that race continues to be a source of anger, mutual hatred, and violence. Trader Joe's said the change would also ensure that the name Joe would no longer be associated with masculine traits like courage, honor, or integrity, but would instead help the cause of transgenderism by demonstrating that even someone named Joe can behave like a cowering little girl. The grocery chain said it is even considering changing the grocery chain's name to Trader Biatch. The names that came under fire at Trader Joe's included Trader Jose's for Mexican cuisine, Trader Ming's for Chinese products, and Arabian Joe's for Middle Eastern dishes. These products will now be known as poisonous slop from the gangsterocracy south of the border, Mao Chow from the nation that brought you mass starvation, Muslim ethnic cleansing, and the Kung flu, and Mohammedan garbage from countries that treat women like Mohammedan garbage. Although those new names won't be written on the packages in the store, customers will be secretly thinking them now that they're not thinking of happy, friendly names like Trader Jose's, Trader Ming's, and Arabian Joe's. The move by Trader Unit comes after the Washington team, formerly known as the Redskins, caved into agitators representing precisely 30% of the American public and agreed to change their team's name, though they're still trying to choose between the Washington Spineless, the Washington Puelers, and the Washington branch of the Communist Party of China. Trader Joe's said they were delighted to join in that tradition of cowardice and hypocrisy. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. Well, that was harsh, but but fair. <laughs> We're back laughing our way through the fall of the Republic. Please go on YouTube and sign on uh, to the Andrew Clavin, not the Daily Wire, the Andrew Clavin uh, YouTube station. You get all my uh, you get all my openings. We'll be right there, uncut. If that one makes it onto the Daily Wire page, I'll be surprised. But you can get it on the Andrew Clavin YouTube channel. And if you leave a comment, we will read it online. If it is even a little bit intelligent, which would raise it above the level of conversation on the show. Today, we have one from Marcus Martin. Marcus Martin, I'm sorry. Marcus Martin, he says, I used to listen to only Ben Shapiro until I realized that Clavin is the true king of the Daily Wire. And then I realized that the Clavin is the true king of the news cycle. And then I realized that the Clavin is causing the news for the sake of the show for all the Clavinites. And then is when my eyes were opened and I could see the brilliant light from the Clavin's gleaming head lighting my path through this dark world. That is, in fact, a normal progression of enlightenment. Uh, it is for those who actually make it to the highest level of enlightenment, don't sink uh, into hell or, as they call it in some cultures, Hades or the Michael Knowles show. Uh, you know, you want to get some wise food. This is the time, you know, in right-wing uh, shows, 
Uh, Our sponsor, Wise Company, has changed their name to ReadyWise. It's now called ReadyWise. And, you know, on right-wing shows, we're also crazy and apocalyptic. We're always telling you, oh, one day they're going to cause you to lock down and they won't let you go to restaurants and there'll be shortages of food. Uh, Well, here we are. And so you want to be getting yourself some ReadyWise because now is a better time than any to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. ReadyWise has many options like emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. ReadyWise meals are easy to prepare. You just add water, water and they have a very, very long shelf life. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. Order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at ReadyWise.com when entering Claven at checkout or by calling 855-474-4084. ReadyWise has a 90-day, no-questions-asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise. It's spelled R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Claven to get free shipping. And I know what you're thinking. I know you know how to spell ReadyWise, but, but, oh, how, how, oh, how do you spell Claven? It's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are so, no <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, it's really, I just make it look this easy. Yesterday, I offered the opinion that if we want to save the American tradition, we're going to have to argue openly in favor of the God on which that tradition is based. Without the creator who endowed us with our pre-political rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those rights will ultimately be taken away by those who are willing to bully, buy, or coax them out of us. But there's more to it than that. Without a proper understanding of God, we don't really know who we are as human beings or what we're like, which makes us easy targets of false philosophy. You're seeing that now. The God who endowed us with our rights is not necessarily connected to any specific branch of Christianity, but there's no question that we know his personality and his nature through Christianity and the natural rights theory that grows out of Christianity. What's more, we learned how to protect those rights by understanding human nature as it's understood almost uniquely in Christianity. It's Christianity that teaches us that we are broken, sinful creatures desperately in need of God's mercy and love. And if you don't understand this about yourself, you are living in darkness. If you do understand it, you start to see why we have limits on government and why we set power centers off against one another. It's to protect natural rights from the human sin of power hunger. Nobody who wants to lead you is free of that sin. Nobody who wants to lead you is free of sin at all. You can also understand, if you understand man is sinful, you can understand why it's so tempting to give up our God-given rights in order to appease social justice thugs who are talking about, oh, justice and the poor and the weak and the harmed. It's because as sinners, we're desperate to escape our sense of shame by pretending we're virtuous. Almost everything human beings do is to pretend they're virtuous and offset that sense of shame that we all have. You also understand why these social justice thugs are wrong to attack the great men in our history for their sins, because you know that all of us are just as sinful and yet haven't produced the great works and deeds of men like Columbus, Washington, and Lincoln. Only the Christian understanding of man supports the Constitution, which defends the Christian understanding of human rights. You lose that wisdom and you lose the truth that sets us free. Tomorrow, is the mailbag and you want to get your questions in now so you can get rid of your problems tomorrow <laughs> go to the go to dailywire.com and subscribe then go to the podcast place then go to the andrew clavin podcast place then hit that little mailbag you can ask me anything you want you can ask me about politics religion your personal life all my answers are guaranteed correct they will change your life for the better 
How the hell should I know? But you, if you want to send a video question, please do. We love getting video questions, but you got to keep them under a minute. We don't have time, a minute or less. We don't have time to edit them, so please don't go over. Don't go to two minutes because then we just can't use them. If you want to ask uh, video questions, that's great. If not, we will use those questions as well. You know, what I'm talking about here is not you should believe in Jesus. That's up to you. That's up to you. But you should understand that your sense of yourself and the sense that built America is essentially a Christian uh, built on Christian principles and a Christian idea of humankind, and that that idea of humankind is right. You know, when I converted, it was, I converted very late. I converted at 49, right? So I was late in life. And I said to myself, you know, if I find myself becoming a smiley-faced, happy-ass liar about life, like I see in Christian movies all the time, saying everything's going to be great if you believe in Jesus, that solves all your problems or anything like that, I thought, I'll give it up. I'll just walk away. I'll, walk, I'll say I, I got it wrong. Even though I reasoned it through, I got it wrong. But instead, what I have found is that by understanding who I am in the light of Christianity, what I found is I've become more realistic, more grounded in reality that's independent from the news and independent of the hysteria of the day. And what I see is instead, I see people using language to just change everything, to change what you think. They know if they can change the language, they can change what you think, limit what you say out loud, make you afraid of your own instincts and make you ashamed, right? You, you become ashamed of what you're actually thinking because they tell you it's incorrect. But one of the things we understand as Christians is that we're always ashamed. We're in a constant state of shame. That is why we turn to God's love because God gets us out of the, the pit of shame that makes us do stupid stuff. So when you see leftists saying, oh, you're racist or you're this or you're that, what you should understand is, no, 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 no. I have all kinds of crap going on in my head, all kinds of evil stuff going on in my head. But I act into the light. I walk toward the light. And it's none of your business. If you're judging me, it's because you're not paying attention to the plank in your own eye. If you're telling me about, about the moat in my eye, it's because you're lying to yourself about who you are. And that is the truth about the left. And you can't understand it unless you first understand that you have these things inside you. You know, what you're seeing, what we're seeing in front of us now, and, and this is always what happens when you walk away from the basic principles, when you walk away, not just, you know, I, I call it Christianity, but it is the basic, it's what C.S. Lewis called the Tao. It's the basic moral structure that all people know is the case. And when you walk away from it, you don't get freer. You don't get more open-minded. You don't get pe more peaceful. What you become is you, in, what happens is you invert morality. And the Bible says, woe unto him who calls good evil and evil good. And that's what's happening now. And you see it as we look at these riots around the country and we see the, the violence going on and you see people, A, calling it a peaceful, mostly peaceful protest, which is a joke. I mean, it really is like saying, oh, I only beat my wife once or twice a year, so it's a mostly peaceful marriage. I mean, that's what it's like saying. You have no right. You have no right to destroy property. Zero percent right to destroy property. You have zero percent right to make the streets uninhabitable for normal people. For make, to make normal, per, if a person, <laughs> you want to know how violent these people are? Put on a MAGA hat and walk among them and see what happens to you. You'll be beaten to death. You know, so, I mean, how can you say that even their standing there is a threat? Even their standing there is a threat. How can you say that it's a mostly peaceful pro protest? It really is like a guy coming into your store and saying, nice store you have here. Shame if anything happened to you. And having Brian Stelter go on TV and say, well, he was peaceful. You know, he didn't, he didn't break anything. Did he hurt anybody? That's the kind of logic they're using. And it's because they have basically inverted morality. So now Donald Trump is saying he's, he, he's going to use, he's threatening to use federal agents to put an end to this violence. Here's Trump. I'm going to do something that I can tell you, because we're not going to let New York and Chicago and Philadelphia, Detroit and Baltimore and all of these, Oakland is a mess. 
We're not going to let this happen in our country. So, All run by liberal Democrats. More federal law enforcement to some of these we cities? More federal law enforcement, that I can tell you. In Portland, they've done a fantastic job. They've been there three days, and they really have done a fantastic job in a very short period of time. No problem. They grab them. A lot of people in jail. They're leaders. These are anarchists. These are not protesters. Now, now some people are saying, some people on the right are saying, no, he shouldn't do this because it's if they... Uh, if he goes in, if the federal government goes in, they're going to blame the federal government for the violence. And we see that already happening. We see them trying to do everything about this. But I disagree with this. I don't think he can let this go on and let these people, uh, you know, the cities belong to America. They're all our cities. We, you know, we, I understand that the states have rights. I want the states to be, rights to be protected. But no, you can't have these thugs going in and terrorizing peaceful people. You can't have them going in and vandalizing federal property. The feds do have a right to do that. So the feds have gone in to Portland and they've been pulling people off the street and arresting them and questioning them and then setting them free if they're not uh, if they're not bad guys. And of course, this the left has gone insane. I mean, Michelle Goldberg, I think there are two op-eds on Knucklehead Row, the op-ed page of the New York Times. Michelle Goldberg is called Trump's occupation of American cities has begun. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like they're living in a movie that's only being shown in their own head. You know, you just want to like reach over and like twist her ear and turn it off. You know, now you're back in reality. Welcome back, Michelle. Here's John Hallman talking. I guess he's on Morning Joe. Uh, I love this part. This is not a mystery what's going on here. And I think that to, to, to look at this through the prism of symbolic politics, the law and order campaign, Trump uh, trying to rerun the Nixon playbook is true, but doesn't, as I say, go far enough. We are looking, I think, here, and this is a dark and I, I don't want to be overly alarmist about this, but I think this is the time to be alarmist, knowing where Donald Trump stands right now politically, understanding where we are headed in this election. I think we are looking at a potentially a trial run for a kind of gen, a genuine attempt to 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 through intimidation and potentially through force to try to uh, to try to steal this election. <laughs> I'm stealing election by enforcing the law. You have no, well, you know, we're destroying, don't interrupt us while we're destroying the country. If we're destroying the country to win this election, you have no right to interrupt us to win the election. That's, that's, that's the logic, basically, that if you enforce the law, you're the bad guy. If you enforce the law and, you know, if somebody gets hit by your tear gas canister while he's burning down the city, it's your fault for hitting him in the face with a tear gas canister. It is an amazing, amazing inversion of reality. And it's only possible it's only possible because our elites have lost their way. And when I say, you know, again, again, I'm not talking about, oh, you have to go to church. I'm not talking about how you have to believe in Jesus. I'm not talking about any of that. What I'm talking about is the founding, are the founding principles of our system. And if you don't like that system, if you think that system is inherently evil, then you better have something to replace it rather than socialism, because we know socialism is evil and we can prove it's evil because it's evil in principle. Socialism is evil in principle. I keep pointing this out. It's not that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But it's also evil to steal people's property because people's property represents their time. It represents their effort. It represents their work. You know, and this and the thing is, this guy, Ted Wheeler, who is the mayor of Portland, he told police not to use tear gas unless there's violence. A federal judge issued an injunction prohibiting the use of tear gas in this place that's now had riots for over seven weeks, right? Uh, the governor, Kate Brown, signed legislation that bans tear gas unless police declare a riot. And now the federal agents come in 
And, and Wheeler says, this is an attack on our democracy. This is an attack on our democracy. But that's not true. Federal law clearly allows the Secretary of Homeland Security to, to dispatch agents to protect federal property and arrest those who threaten it. And Kaylee McEnany, the species lady, ripped out uh, Ted Wheeler's spine with her throat, uh, telling people that, you know, we can do this. The federal government can do this in cooperation with city authorities like they did in Kansas City. And to be honest with you, they play this down in L.A., but they, L.A. called out the National Guard very quickly, and L.A. also penalized people who uh, broke the curfew. When, you, when people stayed around after the curfew, they arrested them, they fined them $1,000, and, you know, it's their parents who have to pay that, and they're going like, yeah, don't break the curfew anymore. And it's been fairly quiet ever since then. And L.A. doesn't tout that because they want to be woke, but in fact, they were woke, but they were also in, working with the federal government and working with law enforcement. And here's Kaylee talking about the difference between Kansas City and Portland. What we've seen in Portland, however, is a governor who's unwilling to admit that he's lost control of his city, a mayor uh, who's saying, I don't need the help of federal law enforcement, while you have these rioters trying to burn down a courthouse, uh, set a police building on fire, hurl pig's feet, uh, attack officers, and threaten police officers and citizens alike. Uh, and in this case, you've had DHS go in to protect federal property. It's a different model, but the cooperative one is the preferable one because it's about truly putting politics aside and helping the residents which is what this is about. And, you know, you always forget in these things, and Brian Stelter and all the CNN pro-mob crowd forget that it, the city is about all the other residents. It's not about these spoiled brats rioting, you know, these spoiled, mostly white brats rioting. It's not about them. It's not about them terrorizing the city. It's not about them locking down the city without any democratic process whatsoever. It's, it's about the other residents who cannot leave their homes and cannot walk out and can't express their, uh, their, their point of view. They can't, you know, nobody even talks about this. I haven't read one op-ed about this. Nobody even talks about the fact that they keep talking about these are, these are Americans expressing their free speech rights. What happens if I walk out there and say my free speech says that race is a nonsense and Donald Trump is a great president? What happens to me if I express those rights? Do I have the freedom to do it? I don't think so. So it's really a lie. We're really being uh, pounded with lies. And if, you know, you want to see the big reversal, remember that guy, Mark McCloskey, he and his wife stepped out, their property was threatened by uh, protesters who broke through a fence and were trespassing on his property. And McCloskey showed up with a rifle, which apparently wasn't even loaded. And his wife had a pistol, which apparently wasn't even real. And now the uh, St. Louis circuit attorney, who's just a Kim Gardner, she's just a stone leftist. And she has uh, charged him with felonies about firearm misuse. Now, just before I go cut to McCloskey, the uh, the AG of Missouri says he's going to ask for those uh, charges to be dropped. And the governor says he'll pardon him or he'll get him off the hook somehow. But here's McCloskey's reaction. The people that broke into my neighborhood, they're all trespassing. The, the, the guy that recruited it, that planned this event, said the next day that he intended to break the law, that it was his, he needed to break laws in order to send his message. None of those people are arrested. None of those people are charged. The prosecutor, the, the circuit attorney, has apparently decided that her job as a prosecutor isn't to keep us safe from criminals, but to keep the criminals safe from us. It's, it's a bizarre, upside-down world. I've been a little irritated by this process until today. Now I'm just flat out pissed off. I mean, this is this has gotten to be outrageous. But this is this is the thing. You know, when when George Orwell talked about freedom is slavery, you know, and he talked about everything being turned upside down. The reason for that is because some things are right. And when you don't do them, you become wrong. 
It's not like, it's not like, oh, we can negotiate with morality. You can't negotiate with morality. It's built into the web of the universe. It's built into God's creation. And if we're not talking about that, if we're not talking about the fact that morality is a real thing that human beings have the sense to perceive, just like their eyes perceive light, if you're not talking about that, you are just going to be able, they're going to be able to negotiate you into t- calling good evil and evil good. You, you get prosecuted for protecting your home against a mob that's threatening you. Today is the day you have been waiting for. Ben Shapiro's book comes out and he will be signing it online, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps, which seems uh, <laughs> they're actually following his playbook. He shouldn't have given away the secret, probably. The book goes on sale today at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Ben will be doing a virtual live signing event on the day of release. With your purchase of a signed copy, you can write in a question, which may be read and answered as he signs your book live on the air. You can pre-order your signed copy and write in your question at dailywire.com slash Ben. The book uh, covers two fundamentally different visions of America, one he calls unifying and the other he calls disintegrationalist. Uh, those who want to dis- disintegrate our country in the name of fundamental change. I think we know who the, those are. How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps details how this alternate worldview has gained so much cultural ground so quickly. It offers a penetrating view of our culture at this point in history and where we go from here. That's dailywire.com slash Ben to order your signed copy and join Ben's live signing today which is, it says on the copy, it's Tuesday, July 21st, but you probably, some of you may have known that already. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) the other psyop that's going on, the other turnaround is fair play, is this thing about Trump is not going to accept the results of the upcoming election. By the way, right now, my opinion is the election is a toss-up. I think if it was held today, Trump would lose. But I think it's it's a toss-up. I think we may have reached peak Biden. I'm not sure. I have no. I don't see the can't see the future any more than anybody else. But I'm just saying right now, I think this is very close. So Chris Wallace, in that really uh, sloppy interview he did with Trump, asked him about this, and let's just put that forward. Are you suggesting that you might not accept the results of the election? I have to say, look. Hillary Clinton asked me the same thing. No, I asked you the same no, no, thing in the debate. I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Well, okay? Chris. And you know what? She's the one that never accepted it. I agree. It. She never accepted her loss. And but she it, looks like can a fool. Can you give a direct answer? You will accept the election? I have to see. Look, you. I have to see. No, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no. And I didn't last time either. And, and you know, the people treat, treat that. Remember, this is what Hillary Clinton said was horrifying. Just before uh, Barack Obama unleashed a completely unjustified FBI investigation, Hillary Clinton is still saying now that, oh, he won't. You know, he won't accept it. And Pelosi is selling this, too. Nancy Pelosi is saying, oh, yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to chase him out of the White House. The fact is, whether he knows it yet or not, he will be leaving Uh, just because he might not want to move out of the White House doesn't mean we won't have an inauguration ceremony to inaugurate a duly elected president of the United States. Mm. And the uh, I just you know, I'm second in line uh, to the presidency. And just last week I had my regular continuation of government briefing. This might interest you because I say to them, this is never going to happen. God willing, it never will. But there is a process. It has nothing to do with if the certain occupant of the White House doesn't feel like moving and has to be fumigated out of there because the presidency is the presidency. It's not geography or location. 
<laughs> this is a like, psyop. Like we're, we're supposed to believe that Trump is the danger. After three years, I mean, now we see these documents. We see that the FBI was absolutely aware that the Steele dossier that they used to uh, in, as, as re- a reason to investigate Trump and to bug his people and to follow them around and to spy on his campaign. They knew, they knew right away that this was a nonsense. It was, it, you know, it was a slow motion coup attempt. I hate to use those kind of dramatic terms, but that's really what it was. And now they're talking about the fact that Trump won't accept the election. I mean, this is this is insane. I mean, it's it's amazing. Plus, we also know, I mean, we've seen Chicago, we've seen Philadelphia, we know what the Democrat Party does with votes. We know that they are prone to put it politely, uh, to let dead people and, and their pets vote. You know, I, I never minded the dead people so much. It's like a little bit of traditional wisdom in the voting booth. Uh, but when you let them bring their pets, it just gets to be Stephen King. I think that the dead pets voting for people uh, is a little bit too far. So meanwhile, this is this is part of this. Joe Biden, uh, this is according to Politico, Joe Biden has released his most comprehensive statement yet, warning against foreign election interference and threatening to hold the Kremlin and other foreign governments accountable for any meddling if he is elected president. In the 700-word statement obtained by Politico, the presumptive Democrat nominee said he will treat foreign interference on our election as an adversarial act that significantly affects the relationship between the United States and the interfering nation's government. And, and you know, it, it is... Um, it is funny because when you think about what, for instance, Putin wants out of America, Putin doesn't want, doesn't care who's president. I mean, Putin is, has been jammed up really good by Trump. I mean, Trump has really jammed Putin. The fact that he has allowed us to produce the energy that we produce, you know, Putin is running a, an oil, uh, you know, a, a, a petro uh, dictatorship. That's where all his money comes from. If we start dealing with Europe and Europe starts dealing with us instead of with them, uh, that, that's going to cost him everything. That's going to cost his power. He's, Trump has equipped the Ukrainian rebels with missiles that Obama wouldn't do. And yet we keep talking about this, uh, you know, as if it were, as if it were, a big success for Putin that Trump were in office. The big success for Putin is the fact that they impeached Trump. The big success for Putin is the fact that we tore each other apart for three years over a, an absolutely bogus Russian hoax. Do we have, do we have Biden talking about this, talk, talking about the election interference? Play that. We've 10,000 people have volunteered. We're going to try to get them plugged in as poll workers, not for us, but running, running the mechanisms in the states that they work for the state operations. Because last time, I don't want this excuse that the reason why we closed down, there were, I'm making the number up. There are 30 places, 30 polling places in a predominantly minority neighborhood, but now there's only five because we don't have enough poll workers. So we're, we're, we're doing everything we possibly can. So, so Joe Biden says he's got 10,000 volunteers who are going to be working the polls, but it's Trump who's stealing the election. All right, I'm following this. I, you know, I just obey. I, know, I no longer question the information that comes to me anymore. I, I just obey. Victor Davis Hanson had a column, has a column in uh, American Greatness. And it's a really interesting column. And a lot of times I don't read columns that predict what's going to happen. But I think that there is something here with this. You know, uh, Donald Trump talked about uh, Joe Biden's insufficiencies on this Chris Wallace interview. And this just introduced the uh, VDH column. Let's talk about that. Let's play that first. Let him come out of his basement, go around. I'll make four or five speeches a day. I'll be interviewed by you. I'll be interviewed by the worst killers that hate my, my guts. 
They hate my guts. There's nothing they can ask me that I won't give them a proper answer to. Some people will like it. Some people won't like it. I agree with that. But look, you answer the question. Let Biden sit through an interview like this. He'll be on the ground crying for mommy. He'll say, mommy, (laughs) mommy, please take me home. Well, we've asked him for an interview, sir. He can't do an interview. He's incompetent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's 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 good Trump for me. That's always the Trump I like. (laughs) But, But here's the thing. I've said this before and I won't go through it forever, but I but. Biden is losing his functions. He's losing his brain functions. You know, they put out a kind of mock Joe Biden campaign uh, meme that said it's not about his brain. It's about his heart. And I thought, gee, is his heart failing, too? Because, I mean, Biden has lost function. If you go back and look at him uh, just three years ago, two years ago, uh, he he was functioning better. And what what VDH says is that this is part of the point of Biden. And I've said that on the show, too. But here's what he says. If Joe Biden is elected. The effort to remove him by those now supporting him will begin the day after the election. It will not be as crude as rounding up a Yale psychiatrist to testify to his dementia in Congress or shaming the White House physician to give him the Montreal cognitive assessment test in the manner that the left went after Donald Trump. It will be far more insidious and successful. Leaked stories to the New York Times and Washington Post from empathetic White House insiders will speak about heroically Biden is fighting his inevitable decline and how gamely he tries to marshal his progressive forces, even as his faculties deserve him, desert him. We would read about why Biden is a national treasure by sacrificing his health to get elected and then nobly bowing out as he realized the cost of his sacrifice and his pers- on his person and family. He says, in the past until now, there was zero chance that the hard left would ever win an American election. No socialist has ever come close. Only the Great Depression and World War II ensured four terms of FDR, who still knew enough not to let his house socialists ruin the wartime U.S. economy. But in perfect storm and black swan fashion, the coronavirus, the lockdown, the riots, anarchy and looting, all combined with Trump derangement syndrome to be weaponized by the left and the media far more successfully than with their failed pro forma legalistic efforts with Robert Mueller, an impeachment to destroy the Trump presidency. They have pushed socialism along. Even the chaos and anarchy by itself would not have been able to bring the radical left into power. Only a candidate like Joe Biden could do that. Good old Joe from Scranton. He could offer the trifecta formula for a socialist ascension, a reassuring pseudocentrism, decades old establishment familiarity and his current cognitive decline. In a rare time of virtual campaigning, virtual conventions, and perhaps even virtual debates, Biden alone could successfully massage the virus, quarantine, rioting, and panic to win the election and then exit. Which And he goes on, it's an interesting column, you should read American Greatness. Uh, he goes on to kind of describe in terrifying detail uh, what happens when the, this kind of Maoist cultural revolution that goes under the name of Black Lives Matter uh, takes place. And, you know, it's always the same thing. And, and, and Victor says this, it's always the same thing. They're talking about the poor. They're talking about the weak. They're talking about the underclass. But it's always they who become rich. It's always Castro who lives in a palace while the Cuban people starve. And Michael Moore, millionaire Michael Moore, goes over and does documentaries about how great the healthcare is. It's always the elites, you know? I mean, remember we played that Portland cop who said every time a black person tries to talk to him, a white person comes and shouts him down? It's always the elites who engineer these revolutions. And by the way, if that's what this is, if this is a revolution, then declare a revolution so we can kill them. 
you know, because once it's a revolution, then the army can go out and fight with them. Because this is the thing. What they want to say is they want to say it's a revolution. They want to have a revolution, but they don't want to pay the price of revolution. They want to have riots, but they don't want them to be called riots. They want to, you know, basically gaslight us into thinking that what's going on in front of us is not what's going on. And to some degree, you know, it works. I mean, in some degree, opinions have shifted. It's hard to tell, but there's a new ABC News poll saying most people think America is uh, racist. And they think that because they don't understand the human condition. They do not understand what human beings are. The real question when you ask about America being racist is compared to whom? Compared to what? And where does that racism appear in law? And where does it appear in structures and systems? They use the word systemic racism, but it means nothing. Nothing, they say, means anything. It all means one thing. Give us power. All right. You want to be a on in the mailbag tomorrow. You want to ask your questions. You want your problems to be solved. You're tired of these personal demons following you around, but you got to be a subscriber. So go to dailywire.com and subscribe to be in the mailbag tomorrow and ask your questions. If you can't afford an all access pass, or if you're just one of those cheap, you know, guys who just wants to feed his children and pay his mortgage, you can get a reader's pass. We've given up. We've given up trying to convince you that you should do the right thing. But for only three bucks a month, the first month is only 99 cents. Then for three bucks a month, you can get all the stuff you need, all the information you need from the reader's pass, including stuff from me. You get my column. You can read my satires when they when they print them. <laughs> but you can get all the stuff we do here. Plus, you get access to our mobile app. You receive push notifications for breaking news and special content. And you can join the community of Daily Wire members who are actively commenting and discussing our content with each other. Mobile, that's the mobile uh, app. You get ad-free access to all of Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds, and all our podcasts. Just go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. All right. So the, the, the thing about all of this is that, you know, we don't want to live in a paranoid world. You know, I don't want to live in a paranoid world. I don't want to live in a world of conspiracies. And that's why the big lie works, what Hitler called the big lie. He said, if a lie is big enough and you tell it often enough, people will believe it. And the reason is, is that it's too much effort to go around thinking that everything you're being told is a lie. But right now, a lot of what we're being told is a lie. You know, a lot of what we're being told is a lie. When when they tell us on CNN that people have a right to riot and they're mostly peaceful demonstrations, and again, that's like having a mostly peaceful marriage. You know, if you hit if you hit your wife once, you're in an abusive marriage. If you riot once, it's a riot. You know, if you uh, mark up buildings, if you vandalize buildings, and they're doing more than that. They're pointing lasers at policemen's eyes. They're throwing rocks at them. They're throwing uh, you know fireworks, really serious fireworks. Some of them have been seen with guns. There's nothing, there's 0% peaceful about this. If there is a riot, it's a riot. So, so much of what we're hearing is a lie. And then they turn to us on this Chinese flu and they say, why won't you do what we tell you to do? Why won't you follow the, the you know, the orders? The other day, uh, Trump, you know, really got me. Trump made a present. Trump has not been wearing a mask. He doesn't like it. And I don't like it. I don't, I rarely wear them unless I'm in, if I'm in, indoors, if I'm in crowded place indoors as an act of, uh, you know, kind of community feeling, I will definitely wear a mask. I don't, I'm not making it a political issue at all. But Trump wore a mask into a hospital and then they said, aha, now he is wearing a mask. So Trump sends out a tweet of himself in a mask and he says, we're united in our effort to defeat the invisible China virus. And many people say that it is patriotic to wear a face mask when you can't socially distance. He says, there is nobody more patriotic than me, your favorite president. 
<laughs> he's still he's still trolling away, the Donald. I like that. And anyway, so they're making a big fuss over this. And Francis Collins, who's a good guy, he's, a, uh, he's the guy who helped uh, unlock the genome. He's a geneticist. He's a devout Christian. Uh, he says he, he can't believe this is becoming a political issue. It is bizarre that we have turned mask wearing into something political. Imagine you were an alien coming to the planet Earth and looking around, looking at the scientific data, going from very place to place and looking to see who's wearing masks. You would be totally astounded, puzzled, amazed. You'd wonder what is going on here. How could it be that something as basic as a public health action that we have very strong evidence can help seems to attach uh, to people's political party? How is it possible? Well, it's easy. It's easy to know how it's possible. First, Fauci comes out and says, you don't need to wear a mask. Then you do have to need, uh, wear a mask. Then we told you you didn't have to because we were lying to you because uh, you wanted we wanted to save the mask for doctors. Oh, and why won't you believe the medical authorities? It's a very strange thing Amer about Americans. They don't like science. Then the doctors tell us that going to church is bad, but rioting is good. Uh, racism is so bad in this country that you won't get sick if you go out and you're thousands, you know, clutching together and uh, then go home. Oh, and by the way, we can't find out if it is because you're not allowed to ask anybody uh, if they've been to a riot. That's, that's the law in New York. You're not allowed to ask anybody who gets sick if he's been to a riot because we don't want to blame it on the riots. But if 24 Five days after a uh, meeting, a, a rally for Trump in Tulsa, there's a spike. That's Trump's fault. And why don't you know, it's just bizarre that we make this pol political. We tell poor children uh, that we, you know, poor children suffer from the closings of schools. But teachers say schools can't reopen until charter schools are shut down. That's what the teachers unions are saying. Yeah, in L.A., at least they're saying, yeah, we can't reopen schools until charter schools are shut down. De Blasio is saying, yeah, we can't open schools, but we can open daycare centers. <laughs> I mean, look, they just lie and lie and lie, and it's all bias. And then they and then they say, why don't you believe us? Why don't you believe us? You know, uh, Power Tie is a very funny site. It really uh, does some really good satire. Uh, and they, they put out a montage. It's a wonderful montage of reporters talking about Obama, but they spliced in Trump. And the montage is called something like, what if Trump were a Democrat? And here's just a little bit of it. I wanted to ask you about what uh, some people are calling your best week ever uh, last week. That smile, that cute smile, we all love in that guy, that wonderful boy smile of his. He just gave us there after he made his little crack about the holiday spirit. I haven't seen that in months. He had a way of speaking inspirationally, but also really seriously laying out the stakes. What is your favorite musical genre? Anything Trump. Seeing him, is like it's like a Jesus Christ superstar seeing this guy in front of people. He's got that celebrity aura about him, and in that moment, he was owning that. You can see it in the crowds. The thrill, the hope, how they surge toward him. You're looking at an American political phenomenon. I love that guy. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I've been observing. Your dog looks like he's out of control. You have to get over it. It is probably the single most iconic piece of political campaign imagery in the last generation. So that that was all uh, the press describing Obama and the wags over power tie just spliced in uh, Donald Trump and put him his hat on behind and everything. You know, it's, it's very funny stuff. But then then they tell us, I mean, Chuck Todd actually said the other day, there's no there's no opinions on this show. There's no opinions on this show. And we should trust the press. And, and Dean Bacay, who really is, you know, a bad guy who really is a, a dishonest guy, he comes out and says, oh, yeah, we didn't cover the Tara Reid sexual charges against Joe Biden. You haven't even heard about these. 
You haven't even heard about these, the uh, Tara Reid thing. It's just vanished from the news. But we covered the Christine Blasey Ford thing every day, you know, in 15 op-eds a day. But we didn't cover Tara Reid because it wasn't in the news. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, yeah, you're the New York Times. They, want, they, they don't want to be, they want to be who they are, but they don't want you to see them. They want to be revolutionaries, but they don't want the army to fight the revolution. They want to lie, but they don't want to be called liars. They want to uh, rig the election, but they want to say that it's us, it's we who rigged the election. It is an amazing, amazing thing. And it's only possible, it is only possible, A, because they dominate the communications industry, but B, because some of us on our side have lost our way. And this is the thing, you know, when you think that capitalism is the be all and end all instead of a way of maintaining freedom that has to be regulated by morality, uh, when you think that God is about everything's going to be great now you believe in Jesus. You know, I, I did an interview yesterday on the 700 Club channel and I just I, like I just laid into him. I just said, you know, how can you put out these movies that tell you that everybody who disagrees with Christianity is a crank and everybody who agrees with Christianity is lovely and tolerant. And when you agree with Christianity and die, it's not a tragedy. You know, it's like, how can you tell people this? This is a religion. This is a religion that is steeped in anguish. The Christian religion is steeped in anguish. Jesus basically said, the world is going to mess you up. Follow me and the world is going to hammer you into the ground because the world sucks and it's not going to get any better because I'm here. It's not going to be any different because I'm here. It's going to be worse for you when I'm here. Everybody who followed Jesus in the first generation was wiped out. All, the mar all of them were made martyrs. All his disciples were made martyrs. The world is a tough, tragic, sad place. And yet we preach this stuff and we're empty inside because of it. We, ha we don't know who we are. We don't know what we believe. And it's just, it's just an amazing kind of, um, it's an amazing kind of reaction when it finally happens. You know, uh, Chris Wallace asked Trump, why after all this time, uh, we played this yesterday, why after all this time are suddenly the cities uh, falling apart? And Jonah Goldberg tweeted Today, uh, somebody said, you know, we've got to elect Trump. I don't remember if it was Bongino. Somebody said, we've got to elect Trump uh, or we're going to lose the country because look at all these riots. And, and Jonah Goldberg said, well, why, why is Trump going to change anything? This is happening under Trump. But no, that's not true. You know, Ronald Reagan restored the American economy in the 80s. But it was the 90s when Giuliani came into New York that New York stopped being a hellhole. Even when the economy was restored, New York maintained, remained a hellhole because the Democrats ran it. And so this kind of this empire of lies takes hold, not just because they have all the voices, all the power to project their voice. It's not just that. It's also because we have lost our way and we no longer know who we are. When they argue with us, we don't have an argument against them. You know, when we, when they say, oh, you're racist, we think like, well, I do have certain thoughts. and certain, But we should have known that already. We should have known. We're, we're not just racist. We're also lusting. We're also greedy. We also want power. We also want to control and manipulate other people. We're all those things, but we don't act that way because we follow the right. And that's, that's the way they get, get under our skin. That's the way they twist our country around until finally they take it over. One final reflection. I, you know, I wish I had more time to talk about culture. I feel like I, that's what I sort of came here to talk about originally. And now I talk about politics all the time. But this new uh, video game, you know, video games, I think, are a really interesting um, visual art form. I don't think that they have really advanced the art of storytelling very much, but they have really uh, added another level to storytelling in, in the, to visual storytelling in the sense that when you play, you become involved. So this new game come out. It's just a sensation. Ghosts of Shunichi. Ghosts of Tsushima. Ghosts of Tsushima. It's a, a uh, 
um, samurai uh, game. It's really brilliant. I'm going to do a whole video about it. If you are on the Andrew Claven YouTube channel, you can go on there and subscribe. Please leave a comment. And I'm going to do a whole video about just talking about the stuff in it because there's a lot of really, really interesting stuff in it. But the one thing I have to say about it is that there are so many good values in it that they would not put forward if the characters were white. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about on this video. The fact that it's Japanese, the fact that it's taking place in the 13th century, they fall into certain natural things that we all know to be true and we all believe to be true. Uh, certain things about masculinity, certain things about manhood and what the, the rules of manhood. And yes, yes, they're all the women warriors. And I know you can start writing me now about the famous women samurai. I know all about this. And I'll, I'll talk about that on the video too. I'll make as much trouble as I possibly can. But but it's a really good game. Just talking about the fact that it's a good game. I love uh, third-person games. I can no longer play first-person games, which really bothers me, but they just make me ill because they, the videos have gotten so good and I can't really control the two axes as well as I used to be able to. And so I can't really play the first-person games, but I do love the third-person games. And just amazing uh, how, how well it's made and how completely you get invested in the beautiful scenery. The scenery is unbelievably beautiful. It's not the best game in terms of human faces, but the scenery is unbelievably beautiful and the way it draws you in. But the thing that really got, gets me about it is how the minute you take off the shackles of leftism, the minute you take off the shackles of the big lie of leftism, which is the big lie of materialism, which is the big lie of being anti-God, the minute you take off those shackles, which they have put our minds in, it's not just our, our bodies, it's not just our speech, they have really worked hard to put our minds in those shackles, all the right values come rushing back because they're imprinted not just in the Bible. The Bible is imprinted in our heart. It really is. Those things are written in our hearts. And so we know what the rules are, and we immediately revert to them. And that's kind of happened in this Ghost of Tsushima so far as I've played it. And it's uh, it's a really, really good game, and I recommend it if you're a gamer. All right, I got to stop there. Tomorrow, the mailbag, gather your problems around you. Tell them a tearful goodbye. They'll all be gone tomorrow as I solve all your problems in the mailbag. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knoll Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director is Pavel Wadowski. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire, 2020. Dr. Fauci throws out the first pitch for the Washington Nationals. Kanye West gets freedom. And Naked Athena streaks for the cops. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.